Welcome to this week's podcast from Free Chapel in Orange County. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, check out our website at freechapel.org. Look with me in Matthew chapter 16, verse 16. Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. You you only know why he called him that? Because that was what his name was. That was his given name. Something is about to happen. His name was Simon Barjona. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say to you that you are Peter. He just changed his name from Simon Barjonas to Peter. And on this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell or Hades shall not prevail against it. I want to talk to you for a few moments today on the subject of the two most important elements for transformation in your life. If I had one word I was speaking on, it would be transformation. I I, I know that there are two things that I encountered that transformed my life in a way that I never dreamed it could be. Number one was the cross, the message of the cross that we just sung about, that we just celebrated. And secondly, it was more than me just hearing it. It was more than me just hearing the message. But like what Jesus told Simon Peter, he said, flesh and blood didn't reveal this to you, but you got it, you got it on a dimension of understanding and revelation. It wasn't just a bunch of words and songs. But when you get the revelation of who Jesus Christ really is, it's a game changer. The cross that he died on can transform your life, period. But the second thing that is, has been most transformational in my life was the church, the cross and the church. I want to talk about the transformation that the cross and the church can make in your life. See, I... I I was fortunate I had parents that raised me in church. I learned how to play music in church. In the church that I came up, an old Pentecostal church out in the country, you learned how to play musical instruments. So I learned the drums, I learned the piano, I learned the saxophone. That saxophone paid for my education, a full scholarship in music. But I learned it in church. I sung in church. We, we grew up in church, and our life was built around church. I'm concerned, particularly in this generation, the casual relationship that many people have with church. I don't believe you can sit home in your pajamas and eat cornflakes and watch me or any other preacher on TV and get what you need from God. That's good when you're on vacation. That's good when you don't... But church is not something you do when you're not too tired or you've had a busy week. and This is not your day. This is the Lord's day. And the people that honor Him on this day, success begins for you this day. He orders, according to the text, it's one of God's top ten. He said, how you treat Sunday is how I'll treat you the rest of the week. And success doesn't begin to bar when you go into the office. Success begins today by honoring the God who gives you the breath in your lungs to breathe. It really does. A good doctor will keep you out of the hospital. A good lawyer will keep you out of jail. I'm going to say it like I want to. A good church will keep you out of hell. (laughs) 
I thought that'd wake you little churchy people up this morning. We are blessed to be a part of a great, great church. The church is the, is the building of God. It's the bride of Christ. It's the body of Christ. The church is a magnificent thing. And Jesus said in my text, I'll build my church. And it's not about buildings and budgets. It's about people. I'll build my church. He's not talking about church buildings. He's talking about you. When you come together with other believers, I'll build my church. And what Jesus was saying was, the big bad wolf can huff and puff all he wants. This house is not coming down. And the people that are in it are not coming down because it's not built with the straw of human ingenuity. It's not built with the sticks of religious organization. This church is built on the firm foundation of the rock Jesus Christ. And he said, I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Clap your hands for a good old-fashioned church. Welcome to church. What's remarkable about this text is in Matthew chapter 16 and verse 17, twice Jesus calls Simon his name. His name was Simon. His last name was Bar-Jonas. And Jesus in one time in verse 17 calls him Simon. Then he says again, Simon Bar-Jonas. But then he says something powerful. He says, because you know who I am, I'm going to build my church and my church will cause you to no longer be who you were when you first came there. And to, to, to emphasize that, he said, I'll no longer call you Simon, which if you look it up in the Hebrew language, it means weak as sand. Weak as sand. But I'm changing your name from Simon, weak as sand, because you get the revelation of who I am I'll build my church on this revelation that when people come in, they may come in weak as sand, Simon, Bar-Jonas, but he said they'll leave Peter strong as a rock. Peter in, in, in the Greek language means strong as a rock. In other words, I build my whole church upon this principle that my church will be more than steeples and crosses. My church will be more than candle burning and religious music. My church will be more than some famous preacher, fancy preacher, offerings and budgets and all of that. That does not make it a church. He said, here's how you know if it's a church or not. If you don't see people's lives being transformed from weak to strong, from bound to free, from addicted to living life more abundantly, it's not a church. The proof that it is a church is transformation. Transformation. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. The old things pass away, and behold, all things are new. And if that hasn't happened to you, then you haven't come to a revelation of who Jesus is yet. The power of transformation is Simon' weakness becomes Peter strong as a rock. The power of transformation is sand becomes rock. Saul of Tarsus persecuting the church. The same man got his name changed and became Paul the apostle and wrote half the New Testament. He uses a mafia term, I wasted the church. He so hated Christianity that he was killing Christians for living and he encountered the cross of Jesus Christ and got his name changed from Saul of Tarsus to Paul the apostle. That's called transformation. 
transformation. Transformation, the power of transformation is Zacchaeus the taker becoming Zacchaeus the contributor. It's the illicit woman at the well, the prostitute, who after she encounters Jesus becomes an evangelist for living water. What happened? It was transformation. If nothing changes in your life and you keep going to church, it's a sign you're, you're, you're doing something religious. You're not encountering the living Savior. Because he won't leave you weak. He won't leave you defeated. He won't leave you depressed. He won't leave you hopeless. He won't leave you addicted. If you encounter the living Jesus I'm talking about, he takes you from a nobody to a somebody, going nowhere to going somewhere, doing nothing to doing something great with your life. Welcome to church. I heard the story, and I like it. Maybe you've heard it. Maybe you haven't. I don't care. It's my sermon. I'll preach it like I want to. But I like this sermon. There were some rednecks, a family, uh, and, and they, I'm going to say for purposes known, uh, they were from Georgia. Amen. And they, they went to the big city. They had never been to the city, just good country people that had never been to the city, never seen. They walked around their blue jeans and, and overalls and straw hats and the straw hanging out of their teeth and looking at the big buildings and walking around and I'm sure pickpockets were lining up saying there's fresh meat these dumb country bumpkins have come to the city they walked into a big skyscraper and they noticed an elevator but they had never seen an elevator out in the country before and that elevator opened up and there was this elderly lady and she, uh, how can I say it? I wrote it down. She was seasoned with the markings of longevity. That's all I'll say about that. She was very wrinkled. And, 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 and she, she got on and turned around in the elevator, you know, and they watched her, and they're just sitting there chomping on the straws, just watching. She gets on, the door closed, and then a few minutes later, the door opens and off steps the most gorgeous woman you have ever seen in your life. And the old Paul turned to his redneck boys and said, Go out in the truck and get your mama. We're going to run her through a few times. <laughs> Turn to your neighbor and say, Welcome to church. People come to church a hot mess. Their lives ugly and messed up. But leave the beautiful bride of Christ. They come in with marriages messed up with addictions and all kinds of bondages. And listen, we're glad you're here. We love you. We are just like you. But something happened to us. We got transformed while we hung around the cross and the church and the message of the Word of God. And it takes ugly things in our life and transforms them. And it doesn't happen overnight. But the more you get around this, the more it begins to transform your life. That's what church is. That's what church does. Here's what you'll find at church. You'll find a pardon for your past. You'll find a power for your present. And you'll find a promise for your future. It was in the church that I heard preaching like this. And while I was sitting there, I found out I am somebody. I'm going somewhere. And God has something big for me to do with my life. 
when you bring your family, when you get around church, when it's not just something you do, when you feel like it on Easter, you know, CEO, Christian, Easter only Christian CEOs. You know, we got a lot of those. When, when it's more to you, but it's actually something that you actually believe if Jesus died for it to establish it, it really matters in my life. If I go where I don't go, then suddenly transformation, and you'll find out in services like this, I am somebody. I'm better than this. I'm better than this darkness. I'm better than this muck and mire and filth that I'm in. I'm better than this. I, I am somebody. Somebody, I'm going somewhere and I'm going to do something big. I was put here to do something big with my life for the glory of God. I'm going to get you to help me preach just a minute. Everybody say, I am somebody. I'm going somewhere and I'm going to do something big with my life for the glory of God. If you believe it, put your hands together and give Him a mighty praise. It's the truth. You hear me, teenager? Don't let anybody sell you short. So what? You don't have great grades. That doesn't mean you don't have a talent that God can manifest in services like this. And you can still go beyond what the specialists say. And you're not college material. That doesn't mean you're limited. God has a plan for your blessing. God has a plan to raise you. God has a plan to use you. And nobody can hold you back. You are somebody going somewhere. And you're going to do something big with your life for the glory of God. I refuse to go further until we take a praise break. One more time. Thank God. Thank God. Let that sink in your soul. Say it one more time. I am somebody. I am going somewhere. I'm going to do something big with my life. God doesn't want me to dream little, think little, act like I'm a nobody and a nothing. God gives me dignity. God gives me purpose. God has a plan for my life, and I am unstoppable when I walk with Jesus. Somebody give him praise if you believe that's the message that can lift your life. It really is. It really is. In Genesis 2, in verse 18, why do you scream? Because I have a license to do this. I am a licensed preacher. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 2 in verse 18. God saw Adam and he was all by himself. And God said, it is not good that man should be alone. If any of you wives have ever left your husband and the children at home to a clean house and came home, you can validate the truth of these scriptures. It is not good to leave that man alone. Amen. Say amen, women. I want to hear you. Preaching better than you're letting on. You know what the words, notice what God said. He said, since this poor guy's all by himself, I'll make him a help meet. That's not a misprint, not help mate, a help meet, M-E-E-T, for him. It's interesting that in the original language, the Hebrew language, when God said, I'll make a help meet, the word help meet there means literally, I'll introduce you, Adam, to your other self. I'll introduce you, another translation said, to your complete self. Eve is a type of the church. Eve in Scripture is a type of the church. The church is your help meet. The church will help you meet every challenge in life. The church will help you meet the sin challenge. The church will help you meet 
the financial challenge. The church will help you meet the financial or the, or the uh, family challenges. The church will help you meet and deal with all of the challenges in your life. It's the help meet. It's the church. It's at the church I was introduced to my other self, my completed self. I was, I was lost. I was living a life that I shouldn't have been doing a lot of things I was doing. But at church, I met my other self. And it's not that I'm any better than anybody else. It's just that I'm, I'm a better me. I'm a better me. Sin will take you low. Sin will make you do things. Sin will keep you and just mess you up and make you into a monster of a person, a selfish jerk. But at church, I got introduced to a better me, to a completed me, to a me that God saw when he created me. And that's what church can do. It can introduce you to your other self. You know, the one that's not addicted, the one that's not depressed, the one that's not, uh, you know, losing and, and beat up by life and a victim. Church introduced me to my other self. I am more than a conqueror through Christ. Yeah, I go through the same thing that everybody else goes through, but I don't have the same attitude. I don't have the same mindset. The one in me is greater than anything that comes against me and what's for me. And the enemy can do nothing, the life can do nothing to me that God won't make work out for me if I'll put it in his hands. That's the new me, the better me. In Mark chapter 4, Jesus said to his disciples, I'm talking about transformation. Let us cross over to the other side. There are some things you'll never get over without the cross. The only way over is to cross over. The only way to get over somebody who hurts you deeply is to cross over. There's some things that will only You'll be able to get over if you cross over. The only way to freedom, freedom from your past and sin, is to cross over. The only way to be the person God created you to be is to cross over. Now I want to conclude with this story in 2 Kings chapter 6. One of the most remarkable stories of transformation in all of the Bible. The Bible said that there was something called the school of the prophets. And they had to go into a building program to enlarge it. And they borrowed an axe and they were cutting down trees. And while one of the men was swinging the axe, the axe head got loose. The iron axe head got loose. And he went back to swing it. And when he did, the axe head went flying through the air way out into the middle of the deep raging Jordan River. And it hit in the middle of that river and it began to sink to the bottom. The first thing I want you to notice about this story is before anything ever gets lost, listen carefully, it first gets loose. Things get loose in your life before they get lost. You gotta every now and then get a firm grip on God again. Get a firm grip on prayer again. Get a firm grip on God's house again. 
Because I've watched it. I've been preaching now for 30 years, and I've pastored all these people in all these churches. And I'm just telling you, things get loose before they get lost. When you get loose with your convictions, loose with the kind of people you hang out with, loose with the standards that you will do and you won't do in certain things, but you start compromising and you start going along with things just because of the flow of what you're in, when you get loose, it's a matter of time before you start losing. Things that, things that are lost were first loose. Don't lose your convictions. Don't get loose with your standards. Don't get loose with the truth of what you know. Because if you get loose with some things, it's a matter of time before you start losing some things. Your dreams. Your potential. Tighten up on your convictions. Tighten up and lay hold, the Bible said, of eternal life. Get a fresh grip on it. And the iron axe head flew off into the water after it got loose. It got lost and it sunk to the bottom. I could just see that axe head. How many of you know what an axe head looks like? That axe head. The, let me teach you something about axe heads and water. The axe head is heavier than the water. So guess what? The axe head began to sink. I could see it as it's sinking because that's its nature. The nature of an iron axe head, when, it's, when it hits water, the nature of it is to plummet to the lowest depths, to the lowest places, to go all the way down. That's the nature that you and I were born with. And suddenly, that axe head starts going down. I can preach it like I want to. I can see that axe head as it goes down, down past the catfish. Past the turtles, down, 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 and it hits rock bottom. And the muck and the mire starts covering that axe head. It's not doing what it was created to do. It was supposed to be building a school of the prophets and doing something great, going somewhere, doing something great with it with its purpose, but it's covered in muck and mire. And the strangest thing happens in 2 Kings. The Bible said the prophet came and asked the young man, where did the axe head fall? And he said it flew through the air and it went over there and over the Jordan River. And in that proximity, let's say right over here in this area, it fell right back about 20 yards that direction. And the Bible said the prophet walked over to a tree. Everybody say a tree. And he tore a branch off of that tree. And he walked over. Everything in the Bible is type and shadow in the Old Testament. The tree represents the tree that Jesus would die on called Calvary. The wood crosses came from the tree. And he took a piece of that tree and he walked over and he threw it in the proximity of where the axe head had sunk. And it's the most amazing thing because your Bible said when that tree came into the vicinity of where that axe head had sunk into and was covered in muck and mire not doing what it was put on this earth to do, when it got in proximity of just a limb from that tree. Suddenly, your Bible, one of the most remarkable miracles in all the Scripture, the Bible said, and the axe head did swim. 
Look at that. I want you to see it because you don't believe me. He cut down a stick, cast it in that direction, and the iron did swim. I believe the Bible. Watch this. What was, what was, what had a nature to sink started swimming. I don't understand it, but, but when that tree limb hit the proximity of where that iron axe head was, that iron axe head covered in muck and mire started feeling something. I can preach it like I want to. I think it started moving. Oh, I feel something. I feel something I haven't felt. I, I don't think I was born to live in muck and mire. I don't think I was put here just to die in this place of, of, of nothingness. And suddenly it starts shaking. And your Bible said the axe head. Come on, help me swim, y'all know. The axe head did what? It began to swim. And in my mind, and I admit it's, it's a real crazy mind, but I could see that axe head. It didn't say it floated. It was a sinker, but now it's a swimmer. That's called transformation. When what is in your nature is to sink, listen, to the depths of the lowest people. Every time you go to a party, you go straight to the lowest, find the drug dealer, get high, give me something. The lowest people, the lowest places that was in your nature is to sink, to sink. It was a sinker, but now that it's got around a tree called Calvary, it's a swimmer. And I don't, I don't understand. It didn't say it floated. It said it started swimming. And I could just see it. I know I'm not there yet. But I tell you what, I'm on my way. I'm somebody going somewhere. And I got something big to do with the rest of the life that I've got left. I could see it swimming past the catfish. The same catfish looks at it and says, My God, I just saw you sinking, yeah, but I got around Calvary, and Calvary has a way of lifting you. Calvary has a way of raising you. Calvary has a way of taking you from weak as sand to strong as a rock, from a nobody to a somebody. It has a way of raising your life to a divine purpose. I could see it swimming past the turtle. Turtle sticking his head out, gulping the water. Where are you going? I'm going to a better place. I'm going to a place of restoration. I'm going to a place I was supposed and purposed to be. I'm going to do something big with my life. I don't belong in the muck and the mire. Growing up in the little country church I grew up in, we used to sing old hymns. I couldn't help, when I was putting this little sermon together, I couldn't help but thinking of the old hymn, Love Lifted Me. Y'all don't know it. You're too city-fied. You don't know it. You don't know it, but I'll help you with it. It said, I was sinking. Listen to these words. Deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore, very deeply stained within, Sinking to rise no more. But the Savior, the master of the sea, heard my despairing cry. 
From the waters he lifted me. Now safe am I. Love lifted me. Y'all ever heard that? Love lifted me. When, I love this line, nothing else could help. I couldn't, the counselor couldn't, the therapist couldn't, nobody could, God bless them, thank God for them, but there are sometimes you get so low in the muck and the mire when nothing else could help. Love lifted me. Love lifted. You gonna play it? Me. Love lifted me when nothing else could help. It was his love. Come on, give me a good chord. Lifted me. Oh, love was the only thing. I didn't need your judgment. I didn't need your criticism. I didn't need your self-righteousness. I didn't need your list of rules. The only thing that could, I knew how low I was. I knew how messed up I was. I knew how filthy I was. The only thing that could lift me was the love of God. Oh, but he lifted me. I didn't need your judgmental attitude or put down, but love. Love. Come here, Javon. Love. It was unplanned. <laughs> he picked me up at the airport when I got in, whenever I got in. And I don't even know how we got on it. But he reminded me of his story. Of when he came to Free Chapel. What were you addicted to? Coke. Weed, two and a half packs of cigarettes a day, alcohol, ecstasy, acid, steroids. And and you had you had decided that week, y'all sit down. You had decided that week to do what? To commit suicide and tried. What happened? When I tried to pull the trigger, the gun jammed. Now, now we're talking about. We're talking about Simon Barjonas to a solid rock, and as big as he is physically, he's bigger spiritually. He's more anointed spiritually. This man was a mess. What? Hold it. What happened? So, so, so you tried to take your life. The gun didn't go off, and so your your girlfriend named Shanna. Let's get that right. Which is now my wife. Which is now his wife. Said what? A guy from the church by the name of Michael Poston had been begging her to come to Free Chapel. And out of all the times that after I tried to take my life, the one thing that came to my mind was that man that invited her. So I asked her, I was like, where's that church that that man kept telling you about at the bank? We need to find it. 
and that was a Saturday. We went to the church on Sunday, and um, we were in the bottomless pit of the parking lot. All right, let me explain that. We, in our old building in Georgia, we had a major parking problem, and we had dug out, because we only had 16 acres. Now we've got 150 acres, thank God, but we only had 16 acres, and so we had to utilize every inch of that property. So we dug, there was an area that was basically, um, what do you call it, zone for flooding. It was a, it was a flood zone. And, but we said, well, it ain't flooding most of the time. We're going to use it for parking. And so we put rocks on it, and we used it for the last people to get to church, which we should do that here. Amen. We should do that here. And we put them down, and we called it the bottomless pit. Because I'm telling you, the shuttles quit running. And you had to go down and climb your way out, come up another level, another level to the top of the hill where the church was now. And we, and I started halfway and actually I quit. I, I turned around and I said, this is, I can't do this. This is crazy. Who needs to walk way up here to go to church? You see the devil? You see how the devil will do? On the brink of a miracle and got halfway. But your wife said. She goes, no, we've come this far. We're not turning around. We're going. We're going. We're going. Now, now you get in this service, and what happened? We were sitting on the balcony, and after I got past all the bigness or whatever, it was like I was zoned into the Word, and you were preaching on Eutychus in the book of Acts. And you, you were saying that, you know, you may have fallen out with God and feel like you're left for dead, but if there's a little flicker left, is there a little bit of life, and you let the Holy Spirit breathe on you, you can come back to life. And the moment you said that, because at the same time, not only was I addicted, I had earrings all in my ear, and I had a tongue ring in my tongue, and I had the biggest to the next size tongue ring, which was the size of a ballpoint pen in my tongue. At 15 years old, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit and backslid. But I'll never forget the moment I pulled that. This was happening in the seat before the altar call. The moment I pulled that tongue ring out of my tongue and threw it over in her lap, I began to pray in the Holy Ghost uncontrollably for the first time. There was no altar call yet. This was all happening in the seat. But even to this day, if you you don't know the building, I, I still don't know how I got to the front of the balcony but this part of my head was on the front of the altar. And no one laid hands on me. No one prayed. I just cried out to God. And I said, if you're really real, prove it right now. And when I got up off of that altar, every chain of addiction, of drugs and alcohol was broken off of my life. Instantly. Instantly, And I know this is different. I didn't go through any rehab. I didn't go through any therapy. It's just the power of one touch from God. And we're not against those things. But, but you got to let God be God. He decides that stuff. He can do it just that quick. We're not against those things. We, we support those things. Dream Center will be here tonight. But that doesn't mean God is limited to a program. He can, the cross can can turn you from a sinker to a swimmer in one service. And from, from that day forward, you know, I got up off the altar, and, and, and it was. Everything 
was brand new. Everything looked different, sound different, felt different. And that was 17 years ago. And there's been no turning back since then. I didn't have one, and I say this humbly, I didn't have one slip up, one relapse. When it was gone, it was gone. And I've been free ever since then. And to God be the glory. To God be the glory. Every time you hear him preach, you ought to shout. Every time, and, and, and nobody can preach like this man. What an anointing on this couple. What an anointing. And your greatest days are just like you were climbing that mountain that day. The Lord says, you, you've gone halfway, but you've not gone your biggest half. I'm about to take you, and don't get weary in well-doing. You will reap if you faint not. It's coming big thing with your life, a big door, a big opportunity is coming your way. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Somebody give God praise. Oh, oh, we got to praise him just a minute. Does anybody believe love can lift you? Does anybody believe when nothing else can help? Nothing else. Love. It can lift you from sexual immorality. It can lift you from hating yourself, self-hatred, suicidal thoughts, sinking to the depths of addiction again. I almost did it. I almost had one of the pastors go out and take break tree limbs. And I saw myself throwing them in every section. Because if the tree just, if you just get in the proximity. Some of you messed up coming to this church today. You should have went to that first church of the frigid air down the road somewhere where they're doing burning a bunch of candles or something. Because we're talking about Calvary. And when I throw that tree limb in your desperate situation, it has the power to raise you. It has the power to lift you. Somebody in this section needs it. Somebody in this section needs the presence of Calvary in your life to lift you out of the muck and the mire. Just stand to your feet all over this room, clap your hands, and give Jesus the biggest praise you can. Give him the biggest praise you can. Give him the biggest praise you can. I feel like God is about to do something remarkable in this room. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We hope you were blessed.